Hello and welcome to Fixing the Future, an IEEE Spectrum podcast where we look at concrete solutions to some big problems. I'm your host, Stephen Cass, a senior editor at IEEE Spectrum. And before we start, I just want to tell you that you can get the latest coverage from some of Spectrum's most important beats, including AI, climate change and robotics, by signing up for one of our free newsletters. Just go to spectrum.ieee.org newsletters to subscribe. Sustainable electronics is becoming an increasingly important topic around the world. And today we're going to be talking with Lisa Hakola, a senior scientist at VTT in Finland, about the European Union's Sustonics program aimed at this very topic. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting. You're very welcome. So, as I said, sustainable electronics is becoming a, a bigger and bigger topic. Um, but it seems to be one of those things that people, you know, talk about it more than actually doing anything about it. Uh, how is the EU Sustonics project um, going to help with that? And, and where does VTT fit into that? Uh, thank you for the question. Indeed, the Sustronics uh, project is, um, is a large initiative with 46 partners from 11 different European countries. And our... Um, main topic is about finding ways to make electronics more sustainable throughout their life cycle so not just focusing on one aspect but taking into account different opportunities that might arise from selection of materials or uh, manufacturing technologies or circular economy strategies that could be used and vtt's role is first of all to be the technical manager of the project to ensure that the different uh, partners work together and the different activities are interacting with each other in order to have a joint effort. But uh, on top of that, VTT also brings some of its technologies, mainly from printed electronics to the project. Is it a case that you look for industry partners who then come in and, and work with you? Um, they, they think they look around, they think you're a good fit um, within the program. Um, or are you actively searching out people and going, oh, we think we have some technology that might help you out here? Uh, well, basically, it's, uh, I think, the both ways. Of course, there are 46 partners already in the consortium and, and uh, over half of them are from the industry large enterprises and SMEs. So of course they have specific needs and we have been already agreeing during the proposal phase that uh, VTT could offer certain technologies for them to then uh, start testing for their uh, products and if that could help with uh, decreasing the environmental footprint. I guess the question is why would anybody join the join the program, um, especially if you're a manufacturer and so on? I mean, as a citizen of Earth, I think it's a great idea, but we often hear about bottom line issues and so on. What what's the incentive if you are somebody who's making electronics to to become one of these partners? Well, uh, first of all, in the EU we have this green deal. So the re regulations and the legislation is developing into a direction where all of the companies in the EU have to take into account the sustainability aspects of the products they are uh, developing and, and selling. So in order to achieve that, that, to be able to meet the requirements coming from the 
EU side, uh, the companies need to develop a new ways to uh, maintain or uh, improve sustainability of their products. And, and this is one opportunity because collaborating uh, with the research institutes and universities, the companies get access to kind of uh, technologies that have been uh, in development in those and, and then they can try them out in their own own products and then then in that way to get closer to meeting the sustainability requirements. So I were based in New York in the United States where it's quite a different regulatory regime. Um, but can you tell me what, what is the enforcement mechanism uh, for those uh, sustainability regulations? Like what happens if you, if you, if you don't do it? Is it, you know, cause I can imagine some people are just thinking, Oh, it's just a slap on the wrist or it's a, a, a fine. It's just a, a cost of doing business. Uh, you know, how, how is how those rules really enforced? Well, um, of course, um, EU is developing the regulations all the time. So, so they might come new enforcements in the future, but, um, uh, the upcoming regulation about the uh, eco design for sustainable products. So they um, that regulation demands that there is going to be a digital product passport that would give information about the uh, environmental impact of the product. And uh, that kind of information would be available even for consumers. So actually if the consumers are environmentally aware, they would start selecting the products that are environmentally friendly. So that's, of course, quite strong way to make companies work towards making more sustainable products, because if consumers start selecting the sustainable products, then the non-sustainable ones will lose their market share. So you talked a little bit earlier about this, the entire sort of life cycle and, and sustainability. Currently, what are the, along that life cycle, what are some of the biggest obstacles that currently exist towards making electronics more sustainable? Well, um, there are a couple of things uh, that are quite dominant. So first of all, the raw materials that are used for making electronic products, they are mostly fossil-based, like different uh, metals that are needed for making conducti conductive structures. And also the substrates where the metals are put, they are usually uh, based on some plastics or uh, plastic composite materials. And then we are actually talking about materials that are critical or rare or quite valuable. So uh, it's... Uh, quite a challenge to find materials that could substitute the uh, existing materials because we know that those are well-performing. So can we actually find some uh, sustainable alternatives for them? And another thing is, of course, that the uh, processes that are used for making circuit boards, for example, they consume uh, quite a lot of energy and raw materials. And, and and that, of course, is not very good for the environment because uh, it's not very energy, energy or material efficient to, to uh, manufacture in a way that a lot of material is wasted and, and processed several times. And of course, the whole electronics industry is quite complex and fragmented. 
industry there are a lot of layers and and it's really difficult to get them all to work together and and uh, uh, sort of transparently uh, transfer data and information between the different players so I like to go into that, and maybe this is some of VTT's specialist expertise, and talk a little about the work that you've been done uh, in materials uh, specifically. Then, yes. So VTT has focused uh, quite a lot on uh, replacing the fossil-based substrate materials with uh, materials that that are bio-based or renewable materials, and uh, well, in Finland the uh, Forest industry has typically been quite strong. So, of course, we have studied how to use the cellulose-based materials like paper as a substrate for electronics. But there are also a lot of these biopolymer-based uh, substrates that are basically, they look and feel like uh, plastics, but they are from bio-based resources. So they are kind of renewable and some of them are really easy to recycle or uh, or some of them can even be compostable. And you said compostable there. I, I'm a little worried because I have these, you know, compostable plastic bags in my kitchen that, that just don't last very long. And so when you said that, I'm a little concerned about putting that in my electronics or is it for very short lived sort of disposable electronics, given some of them are, have very short, short life cycles? Yes, if we are talking about uh, using printing as a manufacturing technology, so then of course uh, we are able to manufacture electronics that have a shorter lifetime and they can be even used just one time. But if you produce a lot of electronics that is for single-use purpose, then actually you are creating a lot of new electronic waste. So you have to somehow tackle this issue with um, having single-use electronics but then being able to somehow recycle or dispose that electronics and in that case if there is for example some diagnostic device where you measure something then probably there would be a, like a single-use part on that device that could then probably be compostable and, but then there would also be a reusable part. So after doing some uh, diagnostic measurements, you change only one piece of the device and then that changeable part would then be compostable. Or it can also be that the recycling process is established and it would be easily recyclable. But in that kind of cases, you might think about the compostable solutions also. So I like to talk a little bit more about recycling there you know electronic waste is is notoriously very difficult to waste you know we have to separate outer electronic waste and you know to put it somewhere else there are special pickup days and sometimes you know, which i i do dutifully but then i sometimes think about when all this stuff is put on on the van like how is anybody going to realistically recycle that you know 10 year old broken projector or, or, or that, those collection of printers and, and so on. How, how do you make recycling work work better? Well, yeah, that's of course a matter of, um, first of all, you need to establish the recycling process and there would be have to be different collection bins where people could dispose their electronics. But, but of course, I, I come from Finland. Actually, in my apartment where I live, there are 
something like seven different recycling bins where I put the different type of waste. So adding their eighth bin for electronics wouldn't be that big of an issue. But if you think recycling also from the scratch, then the electronic devices actually be, have to be designed in a way that they are better for recycling. So we talk about circular design, for example. The, already in the design phase of the products, you actually think about the recycling and then design the electronics in a way that it's, for example, modular. So you can disintegrate the different components easily and recover the materials. So actually everything starts in the design phase. Does this also help with things like serviceability or uh, repairability? I, I find myself that sometimes it's easier for me to repair something that is 40 years old. I've, I've brought these products back from the dead, but a product I buy, you know, today is just, it's a, it's a blob. I have to use very specialized tools to get it open if I can. I have to have to send away for a special kit. Um, is part of this uh, design process also looking at, at those issues? Yes, yes, that's that's the same thing that already in the design phase, design the devices in a way that uh, parts can be replaced later on and, and uh, people don't have to buy the new model. I understand that, of course, for the electronics companies, their business to sell new models all the time, but perhaps they can find uh, a suitable business model also from repairing the devices. There could be some business opportunities also. So you talked a little bit about, 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 about pro manufacturing processes and making those a little bit more uh, sustainable. Can you, can you expand on that? Yes, so uh, what VTT has been developing for over 20 years is printed electronics. So it means that we are using uh, printing as a manufacturing technology for electronics. And uh, compared to the uh, current state-of-the-art electronic manufacturing, printing is an additive method. So we actually add materials only where they are needed and we don't uh, strip them away later on and then try to figure out what to do do with that kind of material so um, that's a like an opportunity for electronics manufacturing to decrease its material but also energy consumption uh, we have carried out some life cycle assessment analysis where it has been shown that the elect printed electronics consumes less energy during manufacturing than traditional manufacturing. So there is actually already an opportunity there. But uh, besides this energy uh, issue, <clears throat> the bio-based and renewable substrate materials are already compatible with the printing technology. It's actually quite challenging to print those, for example, paper as a substrate to traditional electronic manufacturing. But for printing, it's quite easy because you know that you can print on paper. So, so using that to make electronics is a kind of a easier task. So can you talk a little bit about some of the sort of very concrete examples uh, you've developed with some of your partners? Uh, yes. So um, if you think about the Sustronics program, so there are actually um, 
lot of development for these single-use diagnostic devices. So the goal is to develop the kind of devices that people can actually even use at home to measure something from their uh, saliva or, or uh, they can monitor how the wound is healing by having just a, like a plaster type uh, wearable device on their skin. And uh, other things uh, that we are developing are also these other wearable devices that are not for single use, but they are like uh, for sports and fitness sector where you can monitor how you, how you are doing when, when you are exercising and you can even measure your heart rate or, and, and then the app would, uh, the app you would have in your mobile phone would then tell you based on the uh, measurement data that, okay, you did well today or, or something else. And, and one application area that VTT has been developing quite a lot devices already in the earlier uh, uh, research programs are these uh, solutions for intelligent packaging. So if we talk about the packaging industry and uh, uh, there is a lot of needs in the logistics of packages to measure, for example, temperature to make sure that the cold chain has not been broken and your products are not spoiling. So VTT has been developing electronics for that, like uh, sensors attached to packages, electronic sensors that can transmit the information to mobile phone. But if you think about the packaging industry, the packages are recyclable. So then actually if we are adding electronics there, then the sustainability of these kind of uh, smart tags, how we could call them, would be a really important uh, aspect to consider. And there, these new kind of materials like using paper as a substrate for electronics have, have a really important role. And how long do you think it'll be before we start seeing uh, these, these products like, in, in the marketplace as something that consumers um, can sort of see and feel for themselves? Well, actually, some of them are already on the marketplace, of course, not like in really huge volumes, but there are, for example, contract manufacturers for printed electronics that manufacture something that is used as a part of a device that is sold in the market. Uh, but of course, we can't uh, print a mobile phone <laughs> with this kind of technologies, at least not yet. So it depends, perhaps some of them are already there for some of them, it might take three to five years and some even longer, but let's say during the next decade, <laughs> there would certainly be product announcements. And so you mentioned manufacturers, where are these manufacturers located? Are they sort of, you know, local manufacturers? Or is this something that we can see that is being integrated into the global supply chain in terms of, you know, those great manufacturing centers in, in China, for example. Yeah, well, of course, the printed electronic contract manufacturers, they are not really large companies yet. They are still still at the early phase, but and, and they are located uh, all, all around the world. Probably quite many of them in the Europe, because in Europe, we have been investigating printed electronics quite a lot. But yeah, there is no 
no issue why they couldn't be part of the global supply chains. But as we think what is the strategy of the EU, we actually want to, uh, the EU wants uh, to also move again back to the European supply chains also to sort of maintain the local uh, strategic availability of key technologies. So I think in the EU, there would be probably quite strong support in the future for making more manufacturers coming back to Europe or at least establishing new manufacturing units to Europe. So if you could wave a magic wand and solve one problem right now that's on your desk, what would that be? Ah, well, probably I would uh, make the products more repairable or reusable. I've personally had some issues with the devices recently and and it has been a bit of annoying that there is no repair option. So I've been forced to buy buy new devices, although I have not wanted to do so. So probably I would change the business a bit that the repair would always be an option unless you have something that is like 50 years old. But, uh, perhaps that's that would be an issue. But even for like a five-year-old device, it would be nice to have a repair option. So I guess I would develop the kind of design for the electronics that they really can be repaired or reused. Can you talk a little bit more about about Finland's history with you? You said it has this history coming out of the the cellulose industry. Um, So can can you talk a little bit more about that point about how how Finland's experience with uh, cellulose and paper um, sort of fed into this program? Yeah, perhaps the background is is so that um, Finland has a long history of uh, paper te- paper and forest technologies, and uh, the first printed electronics projects that were initiated in Finland more than twenty years ago, uh, there the role of the paper companies in Finland was really strong. So actually, in at least in Finland, the, how, how we started to investigate printed electronics, the initiative uh, was involving quite a lot of these uh, forest industry companies. And that's how we also at VTD got involved with using cellulose-based and paper as a substrate for electronics. And, and if you think about the sustainable electronics, the paper has been there first and only later came the other alternatives like biopolymers. So I guess the, in the early stage, the uh, paper industry was actually looking for new business opportunities and they thought that it can be found from printed electronics because printing on paper is, a, is like a, something that is being done all the time. So that's how how I think the thing started, at least in Finland. So this is a, a fascinating topic, which we could talk about all day, but I'm afraid we have to, to leave it there. Uh, today we were talking with Lisa Hakola from VTT about sustainable electronics. It was so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. It was lovely being here. <laughs> and for IEEE Spectrum, I'm Stephen Cass, and I hope you join us next time on Fixing the Future.